As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Well, welcome back. You are joining me in the North Carolina mountains. That's where I am today. I'm with my parents and my daughter, Brighton. We drove up from Florida to North Carolina on Saturday. It was about a 10 and a half hour drive. We got up at 5.30 a.m., hit the road at 5.58 on the dot. We arrived around 4.30 And my parents still live in the house I grew up in, which I always find pretty enjoyable. They have a really nice piece of land and it's just really gorgeous around there. It's quiet. There's a lot of trees. That's one thing that I do miss a little bit about North Carolina. The the trees here are just so gorgeous. So we uh, headed up to the mountains here in North Carolina. I'm in Todd, a town called Todd, which is about 10 miles outside of Boone, if you're familiar with these Smoky Mountains in North Carolina. And we're staying at a cabin on top of a, I can't really call what I'm on a mountain. It's more like a really big hill. It's like a very hilly area. So I guess we're more in the foothills of the North Carolina mountains and where the mountains are just starting. Uh, our, the house we're in though is on a hill and there's a river down below and we're going to go tubing in this river tomorrow. We're right by the new river. So again, geographically, if you know this area, you, you probably know where I'm at. And so our, our cabin though, overlooks the most gorgeous land. I, we could see so far all the way around us. I can see Christmas tree farms in a couple of different directions. I mean, the trees here are just stunning. We see bunny rabbits in the yard every day, four or five of them jumping around. We got into the river last night. We can walk down the driveway, which is pretty long and it's pretty steep. It's about, a, well, it only takes about 15 minutes, 10 minutes to get down. It takes longer to get up. And the river is only about a foot deep, even less in some parts of it. It's a great tubing river. So there's lots of companies that uh, you can go, you know, buy your tickets, whatever, you know, they, they do tubing excursions is what I'm trying to say. But we can enter the river from an access point for this particular development that we're in. And so we got in the river last night and Brighton got in and submerged herself, didn't go for a swim, but did a little submerging. It's just so peaceful here. I love it. In fact, Sean and Brighton and I were chatting, I believe last week. It's just insanely hot. I think everywhere right now, it's crazy hot in Florida. I mean, when you live in Florida, July and August are months where you, you seriously barely walk outside of your house. I leave to go to the gym in the morning, but that's at 645 in the morning. So And sometimes it just feels terrible. It's like 80 degrees already. It just gets really hot. And so we were chatting, you know, what if we got an Airbnb or VRB, a Verbo for three or four, five weeks in the Georgia or North Carolina mountains in the summer next year in 2023. And uh, the place we're at could actually work. I've been searching. I've, I've spent a couple of hours already just sort of scouting out. Verbo and Airbnb to see what I like, what I can find. We really like water activities. So I imagine for us, we'd either want to be on a lake or really easy river access because we would probably do a lot of kayaking, canoeing, and tubing. But how does that sound? I really want to get into real estate investing too. And I think the direction I want to go in is buying properties that then we turn into an Airbnb or Verbo. In fact, Now that I'm here in this particular development, each one of these houses has either a little less than an acre or a little over an acre. So the houses are not on top of each other and it's one road and it climbs up this big hill, which they call a mountain. I don't know how many houses there are when it's all said and done, maybe, maybe 25, maybe 25. I would love to buy a whole mountain. I mean, why not buy a whole street, a whole hill, turn them all into investment properties. That's how I'm thinking. That's how I'm thinking. So thanks for joining me from the mountains of North Carolina. I have got 
a topic I think you're going to find just absolutely fantastic today. We're going to talk about doing business with friends. So where did this topic come from? Um, Something that, you know, we don't talk about this topic a whole lot publicly. I actually don't think we really talk about this topic in, you know, coaching and mastermind business and personal development circles. I think it's something that happens. And I think it happens pretty frequently, more frequently than we think. We, it's just not a topic where there's a lot of training on it. I think there's a lot of, hey, this happened to me and I'm going to share my opinion. I just don't think there's a lot of legit leadership training around becoming friends with clients. And um, so where this, where this episode is coming from, literally right before I sat down to, I was thinking about what, what's the topic I'm going to do for my solo episode this week. And, uh, I wrote a post yesterday on my Facebook page. Actually, I'm going to go to it because it'll all make sense. I don't think it'll make a little bit more sense. So let me go to my Facebook page on my phone, bring it up. So I made a post about mean girls. I'm going to read you the post because I believe The message I received from someone came from my share and it says no more mean girls who wants to join me and lift each other up and no longer passively tear each other down on social media or behind closed doors in secrecy. We are each uniquely designed with our own personalities, our own frameworks and makeups and skill sets and gifts, our own way of communicating and navigating with their own voice message and special way of inspiring others. Linking arms and rising up together is so much more fruitful for each of us. It's okay if you don't agree with the way others show up. You don't have to like the way someone else does something. You get to have your way. There's no reason to compare yourself to someone else. There's no reason to compare two women to one another. We need all of our voices and ways of being. Let's encourage, empower, raise up, link arms, inspire, and promote one another. In a world so divisive, we literally have the opportunity to show others how good it can get in women's circles. I got to tell you, most of my life, I've been afraid of other women. And when I was a kid, other girls in school, afraid of being judged, criticized, not liked, looked down upon, misunderstood. I've been on the receiving end of mean girls, whispers behind my back, stories that weren't true and things thrown at me in the lunchroom and hallways. As an adult, building close and intimate relationships in general has been something easy for me to run from. Deep connection, community, and belonging is something I crave. And I know that starts with me. It starts with each of us. It starts by leaving a kind comment on someone's post, leaving a heart to simply acknowledge, taking a moment to send a message of kindness, picking up the phone and saying hi, checking in and asking, how are you really doing and listening without judgment or an agenda, planning a girl's trip together, rallying around each other when we have a big life transition or are making big business moves. We all need love, support, and to know our girls have our backs, fronts, and sides. Lately, I've made it a priority to check in with people, to say hi, to let them know I love and appreciate what they're up to, to invite them to dinner, to simply say, you got this, keep going, keep showing up. A little encouragement goes such a long way. So no more mean girls. We can do better. I can do better. Hashtag better together. So it's got a lot of this actual post. This post has got a lot of comments. And so that was posted yesterday. Today, I got a message from someone and I'm not going to read the message. I'm not going to tell you who it came from and none of that business, but I'm going to give you the, the gist of the message and the gist of the message. Well, I'll tell you the question first. So this person wants to know, What do you do when you work with a client that you, okay, let me actually say this way. How do you navigate as a coach um, so that my clients don't experience confusion and I don't miss out on a potential lifelong friendship? I never want my client confused. So basically it's, if you are the service provider and you're listening to this, I'm going to speak from two different perspectives. I'm going to speak from the perspective of you're the service provider. And how do you navigate as a coach this tightrope between the coach-client relationship 
and two people who become friends through that relationship. Okay. So those are like two different kinds of relationships. So how do you navigate that? How do you walk on that tightrope? How do you balance between the two so that the client isn't confused about your position in that relationship and how you see that relationship? So, and I asked this person sent me the message and I responded and I said, Hey, I've got some clarification. What do you mean by your last question? And so that was her clarification. So I'm going to speak to it from the perspective of you're the coach or you're the service provider in this relationship. I'm also going to address is this from the other perspective, if you are the client and this has happened in your experience working with a service provider. And so ultimately what this person shared is that she met, you know, she met someone basically, I think her perspective was she developed a friendly relationship with this particular coach or mentor. And then she joined some of the programs, paid programs was in the paid program. And the relationship extended beyond just what was in the contract in the paid program, like being invited, you know, some of the clients being invited to the service provider's home for get togethers, um, text messaging back and forth in a more friendly fashion that was outside of the scope of the coach client relationship or the, the program, the scope of the program. So that was going on. And then part of the, part of the message was, you know, coach is, um, maybe missing some of the sessions. Basically what was sold was not being effectively or efficiently delivered. We'll just say that. And then um, things didn't end well. And, you know, the friendship. So the the client kind of thought, well, I thought we were friends and now this is happening. So were we really not friends before? Like, what was this all about? And again, I don't see a lot of people giving what is it like legitimate training on this? And I'm not going to turn this episode into necessarily like a whole training session, but I do want to talk about this from a leadership perspective and uh, just also share some personal experience as well. And if you're someone who has experienced being a service provider where you developed a friendship with a client and it you you still have that relationship you still so basically the professional relationship did not tarnish the personal friendship that you had i would love to hear from you um if you have had that experience you can leave a comment in the review section you can send me a private message on facebook or instagram or linkedin i'd love to hear from you how you navigated that if you're someone who has been a client who developed a friendship or had a friendship prior to stepping into the business relationship and it didn't end well, I'd love to hear from you too. I want to hear your perspective. You know, what's your, from your observation and your experience, what caused that friendship and, or the business relationship to take a turn and go sideways or go South. Now that you've had time to learn from, learn any lessons from that, I would love to hear from you as well. And if you have any additional questions about this topic that you'd love for me to further explore, let me know. Uh, Also, if you have your own community or friends or colleagues or peers, and you believe that what we're going to share is going to be very valuable for them, um, go ahead and share out this episode uh, again, because I don't think we're having enough conversation about it and we're going to do it. So so let's dive in. Okay. I'm going to start with I'm going to start with the coach, right? So if you are the service provider and you want to ensure that you're not confusing your clients about the depth and scope of your relationship, let's start there. So for starters, I believe that as the service provider, you want to be very clear about your intentions first. And I really do think that that's where it all really begins and ends. It's with the original intent going into the, the service provider client relationship. What was the intention from the start? And does the intention change throughout the relationship as time goes on. 
and be really clear about that as a service provider. So I think that's number one. Um, Along with what your intention is with your clients, be upfront and be really direct about that. Because I think the lack of being upfront and being direct and the lack of clearly communicated boundaries around the relationship is what causes the confusion. And I'll say that again, the lack of clear communication on the engagement, how the engagement is going to, like, what's the scope of our business relationship? What's the scope of our business engagement? Is that, is our friendship separate from that? Is it part of that? Uh, What can you expect from me as a service provider in terms of what I'm delivering, how we're going to be communicating and what the intention is here? I think that a lot of that confusion comes because the client on the receiving end is receiving mixed signals. And uh, the lovely individual that sent me a message just asking me for some guidance on this. I think that that's part of what happened there because she was confused. She's like, hey, I thought we were friends. The way you're treating me in the business relationship, though, is not really reflective or indicative of what I thought our friendship was outside of, you know, all the other ways that we are participating and hanging, participating with each other, engaging with each other, treating each other. The way that I'm being treated in the business relationship doesn't look the same. And now the lines are starting to get blurred and I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on here. To me, that is a, that is a breakdown in communication, right? So the leader in that relationship, in the business relationship was not clearly communicating from the beginning at all. And when we're not clearly communicating, then the other person in the relationship is going to make their own interpretation, right? That's, we all function that way. So what are the intentions? Be upfront, be direct, clearly communicate what the boundaries are, clearly communicate the boundaries, clearly communicate the scope of the service being provided. And let's go back to this clear communication. So, you know, sometimes a service provider may be delivering what they are selling through their business. They also may be doing business with people who are in a local, like geographical, geographically, their clients may be in the same city, the same town, or within really close driving distance. You may be participating in the same organizations outside of your business relationship. Your kids could go to the same school. You may be a member of the same church. You may um, give back to the same nonprofit in person. You may be attending events together in person outside of the scope of your business relationship. And you may be friendly in those situations. And as the service provider, you may be in charge of thing again, like maybe you're in charge of something at the church. Maybe you're in charge of um, something in another organization and you're holding functions in your home or in another location. And that's where I think lines start to be blurred, but it all goes back to why am I here? Am I here? Am I being invited to this because I'm a client? Am I being invited to this because I'm a friend? Because if what you're being invited to as the client is outside the scope of what you purchased and it's not listed in the contract, then how, like, what's the purpose of that? And again, the client or the person who's been invited to a function, they're going to make their own interpretation based on how, you know, whatever, whatever they base it off of. doesn't even matter. It's your job as the leader and as the business owner and as the person who is hosting whatever function you're hosting, it's your job to clearly communicate that from the gate right out of the beginning so that people are not confused about why their presence should be there to begin with. So clear communications, set boundaries, you know, know what the boundaries are. So as a service provider, number one, you need to know what your boundaries are. 
you need to know what you're capable of as well. So I have worked with people who are friends of mine. You know, we were friends before we had a working relationship. And what I know about myself, I can only speak about myself. What I know about myself is I can navigate those relationships because of how I communicate it from the beginning. And I, I can think of one particular client where we, we knew each other before. I wouldn't actually put us in the category of we were best friends, right? We were not best friends. We were not calling each other. We were not hanging out. We were not going on trips together. But I knew this person from something else that we were both a part of. And we had crossed paths many times. Um, we had actually spoken on the phone a few times, but it wasn't like this super girlfriendy type of thing. But I did feel like there was certainly a really strong acquaintance there. And we had never done business together. So we didn't have a previous business relationship. And we were really friendly with each other. When we started working together, I do remember having a conversation with this particular um, friend slash client. And I said, I said, look, you know, I want to keep this really clean. I want our friendship to be our friendship. And when we are having conversations that are in the friend category, or if we are doing anything together as friends or our families are doing anything together or anything that we're doing outside of the scope of the business contract, we're friends. And this is how we get to be around each other in those friendly scenarios and experiences. When it's time for us to engage in the scope of what you're purchasing and I'm delivering, we're, it's going to be business which doesn't mean that we're not friends. It doesn't mean that we can't be friendly to one another. We're going to be friendly, but we are not going to let things slide that wouldn't slide if this was strictly service provider client and we didn't even know each other before and we were never friends. So that means, you know, I'm always going to be on time. Your sessions are going to start on time. You're going to be on time. Uh, you know, we're not going to be asking something from each other that is not listed in this contract right here. Uh, these are the ways that we are going to communicate with one another in the business relationship. You know, I know that we're friends and we have each other's phone numbers, but texting each other at all hours of the day or weekend or night about business things as it relates to what's in the scope of the contract, that's not going to happen. These are the ways that we're going to communicate with each other in the scope of what's in the business contract, this, 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 and this, when we are off and it's not business, we're friends. And, you know, I'm going to be the provider that you have hired, which is to give it to you straight, to challenge you, uh, to help you navigate what it is that you come here to navigate. And that may mean that I'm calling you to a higher standard at times in your business and in this relationship. And so, you know, I think that has to be made very, very clear from the beginning before the contract is even signed. And as a service provider, I have that conversation. Now you don't have to be like a mimi pot about it. You just need to be direct and clearly communicate. It's all about choosing clear communication, choose, using the right words, and making sure that the other person understands that and is in agreement with that. So I do believe that there is a certain level of maturity that has to be in place. There's a certain level of emotional maturity that must be in place on the part of the service provider, because it typically is the service provider that is the one that is blurring the lines. Uh, it's not necessarily the client that's blurring, like taking some sort of action that can't be quickly stopped or redirected by the service provider. So it's not so much the client that's crossing all those lines. It, it's more the service provider that does. So boundaries are important and knowing what those are. And, you know, in the example that I just shared, it's being very clear about the ways in which you're communicating. Are you, are you going to communicate about business matters via text message on your personal phone lines? Or is that a no-no in the business relationship? 
you know, or is it going to be, you, you know, communicate with me just like any other client does really, you should not be giving any other preferential treatment to someone who's a friend that becomes a client Uh, because 90% of your other clients may not be your friend first. How are you treating them? What are the policies for them? What does the contract say? How do you honor the contract? If someone doesn't show up to a session, what does it say in your contract? So you just don't let things slide with someone because they're your friend. It's just like when I was a high school teacher. Um, Let's be honest. Let's just all be really honest here. Uh, Every teacher has certain students that they just connect with better. Now, in the classroom and in a school system, the way that the language that's used is that people will say, well, every teacher has their favorites, meaning every teacher has like their favorite students. And that is, that's true. (laughs) It's very true, but you can have your favorites and still treat every single student in that classroom equally. You can still treat every student in the same way that you would treat every other student. You don't give any students preferential treatment or let them get away with things that you're not letting other people get away with. Every student is going to get the same version of you, right? That's not going to change. If a student walks into your class tardy, you treat them the same way you treat any other student, regardless of whether they're your favorite or not. And in a classroom, that starts with really clear communication up front. Um, You know, even at the high school level, I was really involved as a student when I was in high school. I was heavily involved with being an, I was an athletic trainer. And that meant I was traveling with the football team. I was traveling with the basketball team. I was traveling with the baseball team. And with the football team, we had a faculty athletic trainer. And the faculty athletic trainer, you're with them every single day after school. Um, I was with the faculty athletic trainer from the time the bell rang until about 7 to 7.30 every evening. And then we're traveling to football games every Thursday night and every Friday night. And you're literally standing beside them every Thursday night at football games and every Friday night at football games. And that lasts for three or four months. And that teacher was also my dance teacher for four years. You better believe we were really, really close, really close. We were spending all kinds of time together. She did not treat me any differently in the classroom in front of other students though, even though she knew me and I knew her probably better than any other student that she taught. I probably be considered one of her favorites, but she didn't give me any, she didn't grade me any differently. She didn't talk to me any differently. She didn't treat me any differently than any other student in the classroom. I was not her pet inside of that classroom. So, you know, that is really, really important. Um, so I think that maturity level and you need to know, do you have the ability and capability to navigate those relationships and are you working with someone who also has a level of maturity who can navigate that relationship and in those different settings as well. I think that's important to be upfront about from the beginning. And I would actually, I mean, I have those conscious conversations when I have worked with someone who is more of a friend before we sign on the dotted line, I will even say like, you know, do, can we both, can we both navigate this in a healthy manner? Like, is this the right move to make? And if so, let's agree on what that's going to look like. Are we both in agreement with this? You know, I think it also depends on the kind of service you're providing, Um, especially if it's like one-on-one or a really small intimate group and you're working with friends. I think you need to understand where both people are at because you don't know where that other person is, is at. You can't assume that. Now I also work with a, um, I work with someone in the personal development space and a lot of those programs, there's a lot of people in them, not like thousands, but 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 people. And some of those people are that mentors friends. And they were friends with the mentor in college. They were like college buddies. And now those people are in the service providers programs, the leaders programs, and it's totally fine. Now they are men. So I see more relationships and lines being blurred in female circles way more than I do between men. You don't see this 
as much, I don't think, but you still do see it. And I'm going to give you some examples because I, I talked to my husband before I sat down to record this because um, he didn't come on our trip with us. And I just wanted to say hi. And then I was like, hey, I got this message from somebody. I'm, gonna, I'm about to record a podcast on it. And um, he said, well, you know, I've experienced that before. And I said, well, tell me more. Like, tell me about that because I want to share it on the show. So I'll get, the, I'll get to that in just a second. So uh, one thing that I do want to say, though, especially as a mentor and a coach, your clients really do need to see and feel and experience four different parts of you. And one of them is friend. Those four are, you need to be their coach. You need to be their teacher. You need to be their leader and you need to be their friend. And what I mean by the friend part is that your clients need to feel like they have a friend in you. So for example, I have mentors. I have worked with mentors over the years and I'm not out buddying around with them. I'm not calling them up like, Hey girl, what's up? Let's go get a drink. I mean, I don't drink anyway, but I'm not, we're not telling each other like deep, deep, dark secrets. I'm not going on family vacations with them. I'm not chilling with them outside of our, our coach client relationship. However, in the confines of my relationship with them and what they're delivering to me, I feel like I have a friend in them. I trust them. I confide in them. I feel safe with them. I feel like they have my best interest at heart. They know about things that are going on in my personal life. Um, I know that they follow me on social media. They will bring something up like, you know, hey, I saw that you got, you know, you and Sean and Brighton, you did the polar plunge with each other in December. That's so cool. I like, I saw those videos. Da, 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 da. They are friendly with me. And I know things about, you know, it's again, I don't know like deep, dark secrets, but I know about their husband or wife. I know about their kid. I, um, know what some of their interests are. I know what some of their likes are. Um, if we go to an event, the coach will actually sit at the lunch table with us and engage with us and have conversation with us, not just sitting there coaching us, but actually getting to know us as real people. But it's not like we're calling each other on our cell phones to say, what's up and like chill and hang out. Like that's not happening. And I would never cross that line as a client. I would never cross that line. So I hope that's, and I'll, I'll, let me give another example of me being the service provider. Um, I hosted a retreat in Mexico in January earlier this year, and it was for our Rise to Legendary Mastermind clients. And out of the group, five of them were able to attend, which was totally amazing. So not, not everybody was there to show up, but, and we so miss them. Um, but on this trip, we were, I always run my retreats um, at houses. Like I rent big Airbnbs or VRBOs. And this one was in Zihuahua, Mexico. We're actually going back in November. Um, Rice Legendary. Um, we have spots open, by the way. So if you want to inquire about joining us so that you can attend our next Mexico retreat, um, it's happening in November and it's four days long. So when we travel that far, I built in an extra day so that if flights don't actually arrive on time, we build in like an extra 24 hours. So there's a whole day where we're all there and I'm not, I'm not in coach mode. I'm not in like teacher mode. And so we're, we're all kind of hanging out together. And then we have three days where it's more, you know, we are actually in, you know, I'm in delivery mode at that point. I'm in facilitation mode heavily at that point. And we had a lot of opportunities to bond as a group and have deeper conversations that were not just me facilitating their transformation and business consulting stuff. And one of them, actually more than one of them, uh, I like to receive feedback from my clients. So I ask for it. And I like to ask for feedback in person as much as I possibly can. And a few of them said to me, this was, this retreat is a retreat where I felt like I got to know the friend in you. And that was really important to them because what it does is it builds a closer connection. 
builds a closer connection. Now, again, that doesn't mean we're calling each other up, other, each other up on the phone just to chit chat about girlfriend stuff, but they feel safer. They feel more relaxed. They feel more vulnerable. They feel like they can be more of themselves around you when you also show them the friend in you. So one of my mentors taught me, it was the one I was actually talking about earlier, who he has a lot of friends that he's known for many years in his programs that I'm in with him in. And he taught us one time that in order for your clients to have ultimate transformation in the room, you have to develop mutual love, trust, and respect. You have to develop mutual love, trust, and respect between coach and client. And then if you are running a group program or a mastermind or a retreat or an event where you have a lot of people in the audience or even a small group of people that you're leading and they're all together, your job as the leader is to also facilitate mutual love, trust, and respect among the members. That is where true transformation happens. That is where people let their guards down so that you can actually get in there and you can do some really, really great work together. And I think that's important to remember. So there is this friendly side in the coach-client relationship where you've got to have the friendly side to develop mutual love, trust, and respect. And also your clients are there for transformation. Your clients are not there to find a best friend. Okay. Like none of us are joining a program and hiring a coach or service provider because we're looking to turn that person into our best friend. But there does have to be an air and an element and a characteristic of friendliness between the two of you. There's a big difference between becoming a best friend and what a best friend represents in any of our lives, but having a friendly versus having a friendly relationship with your clients or, and, or the flip side with your, with the coach that you're working with or the provider that you're working with. So I think that's really important to understand and knowing that the client isn't coming there to be your best friend. The client is coming there to change their lives or their businesses or their relationship. And in order for you to do your best work and to integrate your proprietary process or framework or blueprint or coaching or whatever your body of work into that person's life in a way where they are receptive to receive it, to believe you, to trust you, to respect you in that process and to experience ultimate transformation, you also have to stick to very, very strong boundaries in order for that to happen. Okay. And I do believe that once you sense as the service provider that the client is getting the wrong idea, uh, you need to address that and you need to address that really quickly, but you can also address it in a way that does not humiliate or embarrass somebody. I'm not going to go into any of those details because that, that would be a much lengthier conversation. So that's what I have to, that's what I want to share. If you are the actual service provider, uh, one last thing with the service provider, I want to share what Sean said to me on the phone right before I got on to record this. He said, I've experienced this before as my husband was a personal trainer in his previous life. And my husband, when you're a personal trainer and I have worked with personal trainers and I've gotten really close with some of my personal trainers, really close where we legit were like friends. And so when you're a personal trainer, you know, Sean was working with some of his clients multiple times a week for years. So you're seeing that person a lot. And oftentimes the client is sharing a lot of intimate details about their lives with the personal trainer. And so naturally Sean being Sean, that was happening all the time. And, you know, you can really hit it off with people. Like, I'm not saying don't ever become friends with your coach and don't ever become friends with your client because that sometimes that's going to naturally take place. Okay. So I'm not saying like at all costs, you need to stop that because I actually think you can become friends. I think some of your clients can become some of your closest friends. Um, and as a client, I think some of your service providers can become some of your best friends. And I do believe that friends first can become, can enter into a business relationship second. Uh, I do think that's possible. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that believes you have to 
not touch that with a 10 foot pole. And I also have a lot of respect for people who are not, they're not available to work with friends or become friends with clients. I also have a great deal of respect for that. I think it's all your personal preference and then go for it. Right. So Sean was telling me, he goes as a coach or as a personal trainer, he goes, I legitimately thought I was really, really good friends with some of my clients. Like outside of the gym, we were friends. We were hanging out. We were doing things together. We were getting together. He was sharing some stories. He was in people's weddings. He was in some of his clients' weddings. I mean, do you, I would only have friends in my wedding. Like, do people have people in their weddings that aren't their friends? I don't know. I don't think so. That would be weird, right? And then he said, uh, this one particular client, he gave me the example, the gym moved. The gym moved locations and the gym was like five minutes down the street. And the client who we thought was a friend basically just ended the relationship. He's like, no, that's too far for me. And that then from that point on, the friendship side of the relationship got really awkward. And so in Sean's mind, he's like, so were we never friends before? Because if the gym moves down the road and you don't want to drive that far, that's fine. We can get you another trainer. But now our friendship doesn't exist, which to him signaled. So then we never really did have a friendship before. So what was this? And he said, one time he went to this particular client's house to a party. I don't know if it was an engagement party or a Christmas party or something. And it was after they were no longer in a working relationship because the gym gym had moved five minutes down the road and the client was like, no go. And so Sean was introduced by the former client who he thought was a friend as his former personal trainer. And Sean was introduced to the new personal trainer as the new personal trainer. He wasn't introduced as a friend. He wasn't introduced as Sean. He was introduced as my former personal trainer. And Sean has shared with me over the years that he's had a lot of those experiences where he thought some of his clients were really, really close friends of his, but when he would interact with them in a personal setting in front of other people, he would not be introduced as a friend. He would be introduced as his, as this is my personal trainer. And that was something I think has probably been one of the hardest things on Sean when he looks back on his personal training days because you do develop very close relationships with people that are pretty intimate. So I just think it's important to be really clear and be in clear, constant communication about the relationship. And if things appear to be one way, but then they're not, um, I think you need to really bring those things up. So now I want to talk briefly about um, the client side, right? So everything prior to this was, if you're the coach, how to approach now, if you're the client. So I have worked behind the scenes for a coaching company. And naturally when you've got, you know, a thousand, I've worked with a thousand different clients who came through those programs, all women. Um, the main leader and coach was also a woman. And I saw numerous on numerous occasions with many people, clients where in their mind, They really did believe that their coach was their friend, like their friend. I don't mean just like a friendly person. I mean, like their girl, like friend and that the leader, you know, that she should be treating them in a certain way when, you know, let's say we're all in the hotel lobby and people are sitting around at the bar or in the lobby or at the restaurant. And if the coach walked by and didn't like stop and speak to them, they would be offended by that because it's like, well, I thought we were friends. Why would you not stop and talk to me? And it's like a business event, right? You know, the coaches, you know, scoping out the scene with the uh, food and beverage director of the hotel or with the event coordinator or something. Right. So, you know, I saw that a lot and I saw a number of people who were clients who were just very enamored by the leader and just had a very different idea in their mind. And this is my, my observation, a very different idea in their mind about who she was, but more than like who she was in their lives and the role that she was supposed to be playing in their lives outside of the scope or intertwined with the scope of just the legit business relationship that they had. And 
Um, that's where I believe in the mind of the client. You know, again, I do believe that some service providers do a really good job of blurring the lines. I, I do see that. I have observed that. I also do believe that as the client, you've got to go into that relationship with the type of perspective that's going to allow you to receive what you're paying for. And I think you need to be able to assess very quickly if you are in a scenario or a relationship that can or is turning into a more of a friendship outside of that, if that's possible or if that's not possible and it needs to be kept coach client um, and kept kosher and kept in the status of friendly without crossing boundaries into the friendship zone. Okay. I think that we all have to really be able to assess that. Now I'm not going to take away from the fact that two people just may really hit it off and you may find your best friend in that way. And I think that's totally, totally fine. That is going to happen. It is not going to happen between, you know, if a coach has got 50 clients or a hundred clients or 500 clients or a thousand clients or 20,000 clients, that coach is not going to become best friends with all those people. Like none of us have that many friends. I can count my best, closest friends on one hand, right? Like, I don't know anybody that has that many, like close, close friends. That doesn't mean you cannot be kind and friendly and treat people with mutual love, trust, and respect. And honor the boundaries of the contract, honor the boundaries of the relationship, and honor the boundaries of the scope of the work at hand, right? So let's be super clear about that. I'm just looking at my notes here. Yeah, from the client perspective, again, I don't have a whole lot to say about this one. I think that oftentimes clients, we can believe that the relationship is something else, but the service provider is not on the same page. You know, it's sort of like when we are dating, you know, women, ladies, when we're like dating guys in high school or college, or even if you're with a partner that, you know, you're engaged, you can even be engaged or think that this person, you're going to get married. I mean, I know I definitely had relationships like that when I was in college and like right after college, I met Sean, I was 25. And I knew we both knew within like the moment we met and went on our first date that that was it for both of us. And we both knew that, but I certainly was the one in some dating relationships. I can't even say they were boyfriends. This is so hilarious. Uh, And I literally thought they were like madly in love with me. And I felt like I was in love with them. And I just assumed they felt the same way about me. And I mean, I was someone that would just, I felt so hard, so fast, like overnight. And I was such a romantic and it was just really easy for me to fall for people. I think for me at that time, I mean, this was my late teens, early twenties. I just so desperately wanted to be loved. I so desperately wanted to be cared for. I so desperately wanted to be validated. And I was looking for your enough to be loved, uh, from guys, you know, at that time they were not even men guys. I was looking for it from them instead of looking for it within myself and from Jesus Christ, right? The Lord. Um, and sometimes I think, you know, I was looking, let me keep going. I was looking for confidence from them. I was looking for self-esteem from them. I was looking for, everything from them. And I thought in my little, you know, young lady mind, I thought if I just like give myself to them, if I like just fall in love with them and I'm just like at their, you know, am everything they want me to be, sorry, the phone is ringing. I can't do anything about that. Then they're going to, they're, they're going to be in love with me too, you know? And I'm not saying that that's like, you know, a male, female, like love 
relationship is the same as what we're talking about here with coach client, but it's kind of in the same vein of that, where I think as clients, we really have to be fully aware of, am I seeking some sort of validation, connection? Am I, am I looking for something from this coach that they can't provide me? that they're not going to provide me that is not even in the scope of what they are meant to be providing to me from a contractual business agreement. And I think that's where awareness, emotional maturity, development, um, trusting yourself. Uh, I think that's where all of that really comes into play and, acknowledging if you notice yourself going in that direction, catching it, acknowledging it, catching it. You don't need to, I'm not saying judge yourself. I've done it too. I've done it too, for sure. And I've had to reel myself back in and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not the type of engagement I signed up for. Um, This is why I signed up for this engagement. And I'm starting to notice I may be in my mind crossing a line and I'm not going to cross that. I'm going to back backpedal back away. Okay. So I think that's really important. I think it's important not to put our coaches on pedestals, uh, or put them in some sort of light that they shouldn't be in because they are human as well. So that's that. Oh, I want to go back to something with the coach side. Uh, this is a huge one. I can't believe I forgot to say this. So we're circling back around for the coach. Okay. Coach hear me loud and clear service provider, whether you're a coach or something else. If you remember, I said, like, I think it's totally fine to work with friends. I think it's completely okay. I think it's totally fine to become friends with a client. You need to know if you are at a state in your life where you can navigate that. Um, I, I know I can, which is why I, I can do it and I have done it. Um, I've never had any of that like end badly either. So here's what I want to say to the service provider. If you are going to work with a friend you should not be treating your friend any differently than you treat any other paying client. You should honor the scope of what is in your contract. You should provide the friend who has now become a client impeccable customer service. Always be on time for your sessions. It is not a hall pass that you get to cancel sessions, that you get to end sessions early, that you get to treat them differently, that you you get to let things slide, you provide every single person you are working with the exact same service as everybody else, friend first or not. It's not a pass. And if you're running your entire organization from this flip-flop way, and you're treating your clients the way that you treat your friends. And like, that's where you've got to really observe uh, how to strengthen up some of the loose ends that are going on in your organization. Run your business like a business. Run your organization like a world-class organization. Run your enterprise like a CEO is going to run their enterprise. Treat people the way they deserve to be treated as paying members, customers, and clients. Treat people like people. Have very direct, clear communication about what expectations are for your clients and also for yourself. This is so incredibly important. I think that where a lot of these boundaries are crossed and lines are being blurred is because the business owner is not running their company in a strong manner to begin with. I mean, honestly, that's really where I think the downfall is coming. I think that just like when it comes to um, employer and employee or CEO and team member, same thing with coach and client, service provider and customer, It's that what's happening is too many emotions are being involved instead of honoring and managing agreements, right? Like 
honor and manage the agreement versus trying to handle emotions or bringing emotions into relationships and conversations that should not be based on emotions to begin with, right? It's just like when we're working with team members, team members should be assessed based on responsibilities and accountabilities. When we're having conversations with them, our conversations are based on the responsibilities and accountabilities of the position, not the emotions of the employee or team member. And I think that's where things really go a little haywire. You know, I do think that there are some service providers out there. I think it's probably more than some. I think it's a lot where this type of really friendly atmosphere and friendly relationship is built or it's like they're painting this picture of we're friends first. And then that lures people in and that way of generating clients is like one of the best ways to create codependency. Now that doesn't mean, you know, we're talking about marketing and sales. I do believe that you need to be a human being with the person first, but there's a really big difference in manipulating someone into feeling like you're my best friend and that's what our relationship is going to be like moving forward versus being a friendly human being and a kind human being to people who are looking at potentially working with you in the future. There's a really big difference between the two. So I do believe that some service providers, again, I think it's many, are creating codependence codependency in relationships, which leads to that person paying them and then staying with them. And I do believe that some, if not many, um, you know, it's definitely a percentage of service providers. What will happen is as long as you are in their inner circle and you are continuing to work with them and join their programs and return and pay them money and move up to their next level program. Um, As long as you are in their inner circle and you can give them something and they can get something from you, they will make you feel like they're your friend, best friend all day long. And then once they no longer have a use for you because you're giving them a hard time or you are calling them out on the way that they're operating or their customer service or you no longer join their program just for whatever reason. Like lots of us are not in programs anymore, working with certain coaches just because we don't have a need for it anymore, or we go in another direction, but it doesn't mean we don't like you. Lots of times service providers will just have no use for you anymore. And so it feels like you're now being discarded because of the way the relationship was started at first. Now, let me be very clear. When clients are no longer working with a coach or service provider, that coach cannot still talk to you in the same way they always did before. Like I've got hundreds of clients from the last 11 years or not. I don't even know if it's hundreds, it's not hundreds, plural, that I no longer work with, but I can't have the same degree of connection and communication with, you know, those hundreds of people that I did before. I don't have that kind of bandwidth. So again, what happens when the relationship is no longer there from a service perspective and a business perspective or the relationship, the business relationship becomes dismantled and then things go wonky and you feel betrayed or you have this thought of, well, I thought we were friends before. That was all set up from the beginning. It's not like it just like turned into that. It's how everything is set up from the beginning. It's all from the beginning. And if they're telling you their friend, um, in fact, I did actually have a client where um, I worked with for a couple of years and we were kind of friendly at first before we became coach client. And I was really, really clear upfront and communicating. This is how we are as coach client. This was how we are as friends. I'm going to show up as your coach and consultant here but I'm not going to be that when we're friends. So you're going to get the coach 
consultant in me on our calls, you're not going to get the friend in me on the calls. You're not getting your best friend here, right? And so when that um, business relationship ended, it ended in a way that I, I mean, I'll be really honest. I was let, I was disappointed. I was going to say I was offended. I wasn't offended. I was really disappointed because this particular person, we knew each other well enough before we started working together. And the word friend was used a lot in conversations. And so, and we, um, you know, I spent the night at their house. I knew the family. It's not like we were going on like trips together, like vacations together in the same house. It wasn't like that. Um, but I really did believe that person saw me as a friend. And then the relationship ended before the contract was done. Someone else, not that person ended the relationship. And I was like, so caught off guard and I was super disappointed. And I'll be really honest. My first thought was like, okay, this is so weird because I really thought we were friends. And there was like no more, it was not really any communication afterwards. And I take full responsibility for that. I take full responsibility for my reaction to that. Um, That is on me, whether that was, you know, a part of me that hadn't been healed yet, where it was like, you know, I interpreted that as see people don't like me or see I'm not good enough or see whatever, you know, like I, I have my own stuff around that. And I worked on my own stuff on that. At the same time, I do believe that. People do have this way of almost like making you believe something or feel something. And then when that relationship doesn't progress in that way anymore, just because the business relationship isn't there anymore, it does make you question, well, how did that person perceive me or see me or think about me the whole entire time? We're really not friends. And I do think that that happens. It happens. It's just like... You know, I shared the story of Sean that happened to him numerous times with clients, numerous times with clients. And I've had that experience one time with a client as the coach, only one time. Um, Typically, you see it more with the client felt that way about the coach. And then when they're no longer working with them, it's like, hey, wait a minute, what happened here? So I know this was a this is a longer episode. So I think there's a whole lot to unpack here. And I did my best in a podcast episode to unpack that. I did my best to do that coming from the coach perspective, coming from the client perspective, and also showing both sides, but also showing that we all are responsible for that. It is a very easy for me to, you know, blame or get angry or whatever. Um, but at the same time, I also want to be really clear you know, we, we each have our own stuff and we have to own that. Just like I said, with this particular former client of mine, I have to own why that triggered me so much. I have to own why I reacted to that in the way that I did. And I needed to learn my lesson from that. And I did have some things that I needed to work through at the same time. It does not give someone a pass to not honor contracts or to not communicate effectively or to blur lines or to go outside of the scope of what was promised in the business relationship or to not deliver it. Like you don't get a pass to treat people, especially customers and clients in an inappropriate way. Like it's not okay. I want to make that very clear. We each have our own stuff. We each get triggered by things that we need to work through. But it is not okay to treat someone who you are a friend with or you have made believe they are your friend. You should be providing them with a world-class service at the highest level of excellency and customer service that you and your company are capable of. And it should be the same across the board for all of your clients, customers, and members. So I want to end with that. I want to be really clear about that. Um, I'm a believer that you can have incredible working relationships with friends because I have witnessed it. I've been a part of that. I believe that you can continue long lasting friendships with people who are no longer your clients. I really do believe that. I think that's very possible. And I also think every business owner gets to make their own personal choice, whether or not they want to work with friends who were friends first, business associates second, or became friends during the Um, service provider client relationship or became friends afterwards. I think that's very possible. 
I think that can definitely be navigated. I'm a product of that on, on all ends. Um, I'm a, I'm a product of it not working really well too on all ends. So um, I know that this episode was super valuable for you. It's a conversation that I want to keep having with you. If you have any additional questions about anything in this category that you want me to further explore on the show, let me know in the comments. If you got any value from today's episode, I would love for you to leave me a review and let me know what value you got from this. And if you've got your own community or clients or peers or associates or team members, this could be a really great episode for your team as well. We didn't even talk about team because sometimes team can become friends with your clients as well. And that also has to be addressed. But if you've got any anyone who you believe could really benefit from this episode, share it out with people um, so that we can get it in the hearts and ears and mind of others. And uh, you know, reach out to me via messenger on Facebook or Instagram at Megan J. Huber if you want to further chat about this. And of course, we also have programs where we're supporting entrepreneurs who are growing world-class businesses. And uh, we do have some spots open in our Rise to Legendary Mastermind. Like I said, we're going to be going to Mexico in November for one of our in-person events. This is an intimate group of really incredible entrepreneurs. So if that is something that you would like to further explore and have a conversation around because it's something that you are actively looking for, then let me know. It's super easy to reach out to me. Uh, You can reach out to me via messenger on Instagram or Facebook for that as well. And then we will continue with the process of checking to see if there is a mutual good fit. Um, And we have a whole process for that. So it will be very high integrity and uh, we'll assess if it is a good fit. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for sharing the show, leaving your comments, connecting with me and uh, just continuing to be a big supporter of the show. And like I always say, ensure that you are designing a life and business that is built to last until next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the built to last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.